We're back to Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking blockchain, AI, emerging media, without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. We gotta have some growth here. (laughs) With three brothers, various shades of brown, giving you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. I got nothing for you guys today. It's all good, man. Since I'm sitting in Rockford, I'm about to play. I'm playing. We're gonna have the first one rock and roll. I'm playing some cheap trick. Rock for born and raised, baby. (laughs) They're the Beatles of Japan. <laughs> That's what they were known as. Who? Who are you talking about? Cheap Trick. Uh, there's this rock group. Oh. They have some hits, man. I thought, you, I, thought, I, thought you were, I thought you were making a joke about something. I nah, like, man. I went to school with their kids. Miles and Aaron. Good kids. Well, you know. Good kids. <laughs> they got like five kids, but I went to school with two of them. Uh, uh, nice. All right. Yeah, that's like me. I grew up um, in Flint. And ready for the world was like the Beatles of Flint. So, oh, well, you <laughs> guys, I mean, you know, Jamie Foxx gave him a little revive when they uh, that's came out with that that single. Ready for the world was from you. Oh, they had like yeah, two hits, Flint. right? Oh, yeah. they, um, what the hell's ready? oh, Sheila. Um, oh, Sheila. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sheila. <laughs> that's why when Jamie Foxx, came, Jamie Foxx and Kanye came out with that, they were back on the map. They're like, strike up oh, the band. Yeah. We'll get on the road. What was the other hit yeah. though? Um, yeah. Isn't it oh, something man. off the? Don't, don't test never, me like that. No, wasn't it like something too too old for me? You got never me. really mattered too much to me. Oh, yeah. That one wasn't oh, that look them. At you. Look look at you. You. Wasn't that them? Come right here. You trying to make You trying to make it? I'm like genuine, even though you don't. You see me on TV. Got my own CD. <laughs> <laughs> got the baby hairs popping. Baby hairs. Popping. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are just tuning in. <laughs> Or just put some play on the podcast. Atul is, uh, he's a PC. So for right now, he's on the road and, and his PC isn't working. Oh, so, yeah. Well, you know, maybe, <laughs> don't even know what, we don't even maybe know the TikTok doing. slash China deal is uh, interrupting all PCs over the court. P- PC as in computer, not person of Corona. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's clarify. <laughs> uh, oh, well, welcome. Oh, welcome to the welcome to the Whiskey Who. Uh, we're excited to have you today. We're on episode 30, the big 3-0. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, excited. Um, we're going to have a great conversation today. But before we dive into that, what's up, fellas? We know those on the road. Anthony, what you got going on? Um, yeah. You, you did tell us we could record because you're not going to go kayaking today. Oh, yeah. I was, I was supposed to go kayaking, but all the rain, you know, you can't you can't kayak when it, after like having large storms. The water's high. It's a little dangerous, more dangerous. Oh, yeah. Push it to next week. Um, Living so. a good life. <laughs> <laughs> kayak, man. Bear kayak grizzly. Good. You're bear grizzly? <laughs> well, well here, here's the funny thing. On top of that, I, I, I literally this morning started uh, doing yoga. Cause I, you know, so yeah, you know, like yoga, formula one training. Formula Are you like Lorenz Tate from Love Jones, man? Renaissance, man. <laughs> <laughs> do you have awesome Max as well. Do you have huh? a as well, sir? Uh, listen, not, I, I, I do not, I do not, but that's probably on the list. Listen, you gotta, you gotta do different things now that we getting old, man. You can't, I can't, I can't run a full court like I used to. Okay. So that, mm. that, that's out the, that's out the window. I'm not going to try to go to a park and run a full court with a bunch of, uh, 20 year olds or, or, or 15 year old kids. Eh? I'm going to get my butt. 
I gotta maintain the joints. Yoga. Okay. Yeah, I hear you, man. And biking. I bike too. That's my workout most of the time. You know, I can't You go know what's funny thing about kayaking, man? So it's you would think it's your arms that get beat up. It's your legs that get beat up. They get sore the next day, I mean. And it's really? in a good kind of sore, right? Yeah. It's your legs that get sore because you're bracing yourself and you're just True. paddling with your arms, but you're yeah. you're locking with your legs. Yeah. That's um, so that's it's good sport, man. That's that's cool. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I'm, you, know, you gotta we gotta step out of the uh, g- uh general uh general workouts you know we got to do something different you know biking in the morning to the park because i can't go to the gym yeah yeah the park come back yoga once or twice a week now you know i will say i will say that the quarantine has kind of been lifted because i saw a bunch of kids at the uh park playing like full court basketball it was like no masks no, oh, of course, no mask. Yeah, no, and that's been going on for a while, though, man. It's like I saw that a month ago. I was like, oh, this is going to hell, man. <laughs> so, this is going to hell quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, listen, that's that's on you. You know, for people, for you two, who's, who have to decide about uh, whether the kids are going to school. Ooh. Yeah, yeah like remote. I, it's going to be remote. We've been having those conversations for a while, so it's going to be remote for the first two months, three months at least. So we'll Company, see. Companies are telling their, 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 the adults to say, stay home, but oh, let's let the kids go to work. Let's go to school. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but right. I got, I got to give uh, dibs to where I'm at, man. I'm, I'm on a little world tour right now, Midwest war tour. Right. And, um, back home, Lino, Rockford, Illinois, baby. That's where it all began. And then, um, I had my favorite pizza spot, Lino's. It's a cheesy ass thing. It's not thick crust. Chicago's known for thick crust. I can do that once I a year. I, I, like I can do it once a year. I'm too New Yorker now. Like I got, I, I like the thin crust now. Yeah, man. Uh, it's just too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> In your twenties, it's great. <laughs> once, once, one slice of those, that Chicago deep dish is like, uh, it's like two meals. Eh? Exactly. Right. And then, uh, so did New York City for a while and we we're talking about that. And I'm a beautiful state in New Jersey where I live and I love it. Garden State's green. You can do everything sports wise. Greatest state in the union. I don't know. Um, ooh, I was. I gave you enough. All right, let's just leave Greatest it there. State in Union, baby. No, that's a great. No, you guys are hilarious. So, no, but so. Jersey State is Jersey's gorgeous, though, man. It's got some yeah. green. You can do a lot in Jersey, like East Coast. It's just nice, man. You know, you we did the drive this time. We didn't trust the plane. It's flat as hell out here, Clyde. Come on, you you can admit it. Michigan's actually kind of resembles Jersey a bit. It's got like greenery. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Illinois, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, flat as hell. What do you got? Corn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Virgil, Virgil and Cheap Trick. All right. <laughs> and Cindy Crawford. You're on right? fire. You're on fire. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, let's kick off this week's episode. Uh, before we get started, I want to talk about the whiskey of the day. Whiskey of the day. We're going to go with a, um, a well-known, tried and true favorite, but we're going to take it up a notch. We're going to talk about Jack Daniels. Oh. Single barrel, barrel proof. It's their, uh, it's uh, their, you know, higher elevated version of Jack Daniels, a little more higher price point. Um, we're gonna dive into it. We're gonna sip on it slowly, and uh, give you guys a, a quick overview after uh, after this week's episode. So eating at home cooking, and I'm I'm just fat. Not even P H A T. It's F A T. Fat. Edit <laughs> <laughs> all that out. Edit all that out. Keep it all in. <laughs> All right, Keep let's go. Um, let's do it. So yeah, so this week we're I want to talk about we're just going to go into some hot topics. You know, the world has just been all over the place. It got Kodak stock was going up tremendously. Then it came back down to life. You got Warren Buffett making moves. We got uh, movie theaters and movie chains trying to figure out how they're going to survive in this world. Ooh. And the whole world market economy is just upside down. And all and all at the same time, while the NFL is kicking off training camp. 
<laughs> so we're just trying to figure it all out. But, you know, I want to kick off the first topic today. Right. You know, we've, we've talked about this in the past about uh, Warren Buffett, probably one of the greatest stock traders of all time, who's, um, you know, really made some bold moves. His, his, his classic term is when others are, are, are fearful, be greedy, meaning, you know, when everybody's selling, you go in and buy stocks. But one thing we recognize this um, with coronavirus, he was he was um, he was he was mysteriously absent from buying and taking advantage um, of a, the great crash that happened in March. March 23rd, he was re- very silent. He actually sold some airlines and just sat on the sidelines. But most recently, he's been starting to make some moves. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest of, of which is he's uh, started to buy into Bank of America. Sir. And, and also he bought uh, $5.1 billion back in his own stock. That's so, it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so, so fellas, what, what do you think about that move by the 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 Omaha Oracle? Omaha Oracle, I love hey, that. I like, so, I like the Bank okay. of America move. You know, I've been telling people about B of A. It's been a, it's a good look. The price stays steady for a long time. It's well run bank, don't you think? It's not JP, but it's a well run bank. That's all mm-hmm. I got for you. I, 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 <laughs> the checks that I cash clear. All right. That's all I have. Got. <laughs> no, I, you know, I don't know if I have any more of it. I maybe have like a little bit, a few shares left. I sold out of most of the banks. I was waiting for them to get depressed a bit more, but that share buyback is huge. Right. So that basically means he thinks the share price is too low mm-hmm. or it's lower than it should be. And he knows that it's going to go up in his mind. So when, when an insider signals that that's a signal to the market, to the market saying, Hey, I'm buying my own stock. You should too. Cause I know what's happening on the inside. And that's a, and if it's, and I'm doing it, a, I'm not doing just like 50 million. I'm buying 5.1 billion. So you guys got to get with this. So that means other investors are going to come on and start buying it too, probably. And when, and when he says you guys need to get on it, he didn't say that the stock was $314,000 a share. So <laughs> I'll be honest though, right? So I remember having this conversation. It, <laughs> I had a conversation. Like, like, rich, when if I, you want to get rich, that's what you do. <laughs> no, but it's funny, right? So I, I did a, like a, 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 a graph against it in Apple, right? So I said, because back then I, it was like 100K when they, they did this kind of thing about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever. And I was like, all right, if I just put 100K into this one share and just that's all I got then, <laughs> right? That's all I got. In the entirety of my whole market, like, okay, what, where, where would that get me? And then if you average out, I did bet I would have done better by putting 100K in Apple at the same time. But that's just with the upper trajectory. But, you know, you said 314. That would have been a $214,000 gain on one share, right? So, I don't know. They had the, the, the B shares, I think, which are cheaper, I believe. I don't know what they trade at, but um, I'll, we should look into that as well. That, that's another way to play it. Yeah. And then those B shares, they actually go for um, roughly around two hundred nine dollars a share. So it's more, you know, attainable. Um, So Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, anybody can get into that one. You know, three hundred fourteen thousand maybe a little bit more of a challenge. But you bring up Apple. Right. And yes, I do all the time. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now you brought you brought up Apple, which is a good one. Uh, Another hot topic where. You know, Apple has been killing it, crushing it. Like Thule is super rich right now because he's been telling us about that for at least the last five or six years. That I've been buying Apple, baby. I've been buying Apple, baby. Keep buying it. 
Correction. Um, 15. I'm going to let you finish, Kanye. You want to you you get rich. You want to get rich, you better buy something. <laughs> no, but 10, 12, 15 years, that's been a, it's been a good thing. Yeah, so it's at, it's at like a fresh all-time high, roughly around $450, I think exactly $446. Uh, but they announced in their last earnings statement what they're going to be doing a four for one split, mm-hmm. meaning that for every share that you have, you're going to be getting four shares of Apple. They're going to be, you know, splitting the price of the share from 446 to say 412. I mean, yeah, well, excuse me, 112. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a new price. And that's going to be kind of a game changer, in my opinion. But I wanted to see what you guys thought first about that. You got anything, Andy? Okay, so they had, uh, so they did a seven for one split. I think, ah, uh, shoot, probably six, seven, eight years ago. So they, you could tell Apple has a sweet spot they want their stock to trade at around a hundred bucks, right? So when it was uh, getting really high, six seventy something late earlier, Google and them were like, you know, six, seven, eight years ago were like around six, seven hundred bucks or something. They Apple's pulled out, did a seven for one stock split. And I'm sorry, one for seven and, and then, um, no, seven for one. And then Google just stayed on course. So now you can see now they've, they dropped it down to hundred, came back up to four. Now it's up to 450. Like Clyde mentioned, they want their stock to hover around the hundred dollar price range. So they'll continue doing this. And you know, if you think about the average investor now, n- not diluted, I'm, I shouldn't say that way. They've, you can get in and enter like through great apps like Robinhood and all yep. that. So you can buy fractional shares. And I think even JP Morgan, yeah, All the other platforms, like Charles, sure. Charles Schwab's fractional swear. So you know what? Why not make these things cheaper to get a deeper pool? That means there's probably going to be more volatility. Though. Just keep that in mind. So, so what is the, what's the logic behind? So you're saying it's just to get more people and to purchase, to purchase the stock, but what's the, why would you want to lower your price point? Would you want that much volume out there? Why do you, why would a company want that much volume out there? And that it makes it more attainable to the everyday investor. But why? Why from a company side? Like, why would I? I'm Apple. Why would I want to 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 lower so my? Price it's a pretty point? it's a pretty attractive stock, right? So it has yeah. a really high dividend. Like, if you just hold a certain amount of shares, you're getting five to ten k just in dividends per year, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, so that's that's a nice pull. So if you have that, so if you lower the price point, keep the dividend around the same, you can get. You, that means you have a large amount of people owning your stock. And this stock has just become, you don't want to get so priced because it's, it's such a high quality stock and a lot of mutual funds own it already. So they yeah. keep squeezing that thing up, right? So if you can make more shares available, so the, vo- the volume is higher, your market cap stays the same roughly, right? And it's going to be the marginal players that trade in and out frequently. So you're just ma- you're making it cheaper, A, B, making it more attainable, which Clyde said. And they want it to be around the hundred dollar price point, and they want a lot of people owning their stock versus getting in and getting out and dumping it like that. They don't want the volatility, but this will create a little bit. But it's a good play for them uh, versus like Amazon. We talked about this. Right? Amazon. Oh, you're like, man, that damn thing's three thousand dollars, right? Well, a lot of people won't get into that, so it, they'll probably do a split at some point, or they might do a, some sort of spin off, right? One of their companies will spin out. So you, so you guys are thinking this is just again, which everybody who goes public. It's a cash grab for the company to do. So maybe Apple has larger play down the line in a couple of years to get more people to buy in because they already have an excessive amount of free cash. No, no. So, so I would just say it's more along the lines to make the value of their stock go up, driven by the everyday investor who's you know on the fence like, ooh, do I buy Apple at four fifty? You know, I only got four thousand dollars. But uh, when you got you know four thousand dollars and you're like, oh, I can buy it at one hundred and twelve. You know, that's going to give me, 
you know, 40, for, what's that, 40 shares versus 10 shares. Um, it just makes it look, look, look better. And then you know that the market is a two-sided marketplace. So if somebody's buying, somebody's selling at a higher price. So the more people who are buying makes the price go up. Um, yeah. So I just kind of look at it that way. So it's a, it's a, I would like to say it's a, a steroids driven way to drive the stock price up. Um, yeah. and, to, and, to, and to hop on to what Phil was saying about the splits, um, Apple has done, um, I think, five, five total splits. One yeah. in 1987, two for one. Another in 2000, two for one. Uh, 2005, two for one. And then in 2014 is when they did the seven for one. Got it. Okay. Six and years then, ago. And then the most recent one will be on uh, in, uh, August 28th, four for one. So that's going to be, you know, the date when they're going to do the four for one split. So similar to how you were saying with um, Berkshire Hathaway, Amazon, if you were to do the reverse, the Apple price probably would be, you know, I don't even know what that multiple is, but it'll be crazy right now. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's good for them long term, right? It cre- increases liquidity of shares. That's essentially what they want to do, right? And uh, it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely want to see that one. And then uh, another hot topic that you know has been top of my mind for the for this week was um, <clears throat> with the you know Disney Plus having great success. They've launched Hamilton, launched the Beyonce thing, which was uh, pretty dope visually. Yeah. Um, they they've announced that they're going to be doing Mulan. But they're going to do like oh, yeah. a special Disney Plus Plus yeah. <laughs> type of deal. Uh, I think it's marketing genius. One where you're going to increase the value of uh, Disney Plus as a subscriber, although that you still have to pay above and beyond the normal Disney Plus subscription. What you're doing is you're reinforcing the value of getting people who are on the fence. But yes, I want my kids to go see Milan. And if I were to take, you know, two kids, movies, popcorn, drinks, etc. I'd be at a hundred dollars, so I I gladly play the twenty nine ninety nine to see Mulan, um, and then you know sign up for Disney Plus if I don't have it already, or if wait, I do wait, have it. Talk to the deal. What is the deal? So Disney Plus Plus, I, I don't know, I'm not familiar. So you, if you have Disney already, which is eight bucks a month, seven ninety nine yep. or something like that, right? You pay yep. an extra twenty nine ninety five just for that movie, just for that movie Mulan. Yep, the, the the live action feature, similar to like the um, the Lion King version, Trolls. Trolls, Trolls came out that way. Well, yeah, yeah like every, Trolls came every, out that way with NBC Universal. It had some pr- pretty good success, but it was kind of like in the pandemic, they had no other choice and they saw mm-hmm. some great success. But yeah, with the Disney unique. Plus, they yeah. said they're going to do this test run, which I actually think is just going to be a, um, a view into the future where they start releasing uh, movies, live action or, you know, just regular movies, blockbusters for an additional higher price fee. It's like a pay-per-view movie, really. Well, so, yeah, okay. so it's, but that's what pay-per-views do, been doing, right? Like you said, like for the past, well, pay-per-views have actually been on that train for the past two or three years, right? So they, movies, they, there were certain movies that they would put on pay-per-view that were in the theaters at the same time and they will charge like $20. It was never like a children's movie because you, you can't match the, that, you know, they want you to go to the theater. But, you know, I think it's a smart move. Like there's tons of movies that are going that are pay-per-view and they charge that $20, $30 fee. Um, this is just Disney's first step at it within their already within their platform. So I guess it's kind of their way of people who don't have a platform who want to see Mulan, they have to sign up for Disney Plus, then for the $6.99, whatever, and then uh pay the extra $30 for to see Mulan smart move is it's a risky one i guess i don't know if, i actually i don't know if it's risky 
Because people you know are paying anyway. For? I think it's risky for like the AMC's of the world, man. Because yep. this is the new role, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they exist. AMC's down the road ten years from now. Yeah, they're they're gonna be in trouble, especially with um, a lot of these movie theaters who you know are in large metropolis cities. People are leaving these big cities, and you know it just becomes better and easier to just watch it at your house. Um, mm. The draw is not going to be there. I just I want to know from pulling back what that does in general, like you said, to to production companies, right? So, what what movies were supposed to come out during the summer? They had that one with um, Wonder Woman. The, you had Wonder Woman. You had Tenet. Mm. I think Ten. Tencent, Timent, whatever the heck it was with Denzel Washington's son, supposed to come oh, out this right. month. Right. Um, Top Gun was supposed to get, I think it was pushed to December, but I think it's getting pushed to next year. Yeah. So you got these blockbuster, like you, it's one thing to have a certain movie, high note, or whatever, to get pushed online, a uh, pay per view. But when you start talking these blockbuster movies, where you're talking about bringing in close to a billion dollars globally, what, you know, you're not going to get the same effect. On on pay per view, you're not going to get the number of uh, uh, buyers. Um, people are just going to wait it out and see if it comes. Wait until it comes on, you know, some streaming service. But here, but here's where the magic happens. If you own a distribution and have people on a oh. subscription service, that's where you start to think about it. May make sense. You might not get the one time billion dollars, but if you get people sign up to Disney Plus and they're always on, and you get you know stellar numbers. So for example. Disney Plus, they have 60 million subscribers. Yeah. In the first, I think it was six to seven months, maybe eight months, which was their five year projection for growth, which is just outstanding. That's amazing. A little bit more than Quibi, right? You know what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about quick bite. Yeah. Quick bite. Oh, yeah, shit. Quick bites of dust. Yeah. <laughs> They're um, done. So, this yeah. place, so oh, go ahead, Anthony. No, you're no, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so we've been talking to this private equity group that owns a bunch of these movie theaters, right? So we're like, well, I basically said, so what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> right. That was the question yeah. on the table. So they were trying. So they're obviously they're looking into all the things that make sense. Esports. That's all. You can make that a live experience and do something within our theaters that we own. But you don't need that many theaters across the nation for that. Right. Uh and can esports, can you do that continuously as far as you had 10 movies at a theater on rotate, rotation, right? And I don't know if you can do that with esports on that, at that clip across uh, nationally, right? So I don't know. So some of these are going to go away. I would say 50% of them are gone. I mean, unfortunately, business model wise. So that's a great point that you bring up because recently, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but the federal judge approved ending the consent decree that prevented movie theaters or movie studios from owning theaters. So just think about that for a second. Oh, but I get that that opens the, the media conglomerates who are already in who who already control the content side to yep. continue to control the distribution side. So you now you have like the NBCUs of the world who's already Comcast, the parent company, saying, "All right, let's we got we now have Peacock, but you know what? Let's create our own theaters to put our own content in there, and we yep. can now play our content in a different way." Same way you wait, watch it on streaming service. Now we could we can have a Fast and Furious weekend across the country where we play all twenty two Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> <laughs> right, that makes sense, right? And but I think, you think about it, companies like uh, Comcast, who's been known for having you know theater parks. I mean, it's, uh, um, uh, 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 what is it called? Um, they're, they're, they're theme parks. Theme parks, yeah, theme parks. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can probably bring that experience to a on a smaller scale to a movie theater, 
I mean, mm, and yep. you know, they, they have some content, like you said, around Fast and Furious, but have a Fast and Furious ride in the theater where, you know, instead of having like the 10, 10, uh, 10, 10 movie screens, you have, you know, three and then the rest of them are, are experienced. Or you have uh, companies like Netflix and Amazon who can, well, not Netflix because they're already operating at a loss, but uh, have companies like Amazon who can use it as a loss leader for everything else and continue to grow their brand and then, you know, be a distribution warehouse slash movie theater. Two things, two things. I agree with all that, right? And we talked about this in a, an episode, four or five, your, four or five episodes. Your again. Prime package. No, so that's it. So I think Amazon Prime members, you'll probably get first dibs on an Amazon original, right? Something like that, or get an experience, maybe something like that. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Hey, yeah. Disney, you're launching Lion King 3, right? And you create an experience. You deck out the auditorium, the theater, and you get a couple experiences. Yeah, the ride thing sounds good. Another thing they could do, is let's say you got these franchises like Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever, you know, the Avengers. You play those, you, you get you get pay $120 for a ticket. You get to screen them all one weekend, just make an experience out of it. Um, and you get to dip in and out of the theater all weekend type of thing. And mm-hmm. I, that, that could be a thing. I mean, these are different. They're going to have to repurpose all of this I, stuff. <laughs> I think I think like what you guys are saying, like the marketing and experiential things that you can do, if these guys decide to go in and buy theaters and rebrand the theaters and do special evenings, let's, let's even look at it, like just not just Disney, but also uh, Warner uh, Warner Media. When you look at I like I, I, I signed into the HBO Max and you look at that catalog that they have, they can do tons of things, anything across the, uh, you know, at different theaters across the country, wherever they want to do it at. Like they own theaters in New York, you know, L.A., whatever. There's so much they can do if they own all these rights and how they can repurpose the content, make it more experiential for new content. Like just so much to your point. It's like a marketer's dream. Uh, to, right. To, because the way to, that uh, Disney, NBC, they make a lot of their money. Yes, they make movies, money off the movies when they're first released. But when they start to layer in the action figures, the T-shirts, the pajamas, the bed sheets, yeah. all mm-hmm. those type of things, that's where they make the killing at. Yeah. So like, well, is- Disney Disney owns like the consumer product side. Yeah, they've mm-hmm. been they've been they've owned that for decades now. Uh, I, I think I, I don't know I don't know how to look at it from the like with the consent decree side of it, but I think it's a beautiful opportunity for a lot of media companies and movie houses to kind of you know change the change the dynamic. I would love to see what a Amazon <laughs> does to yeah. to to like integrate everything Prime. You don't even come in. You got a Prime account. Just show the ID, flash so, it, and you get you get popcorn. This yeah. packages that you said you were going to pick up. You got your- <laughs> get your groceries delivered. Get your groceries from Whole Foods. Yeah, uh, Whole Foods. You get your specialized, you know, vegan option Whole Food. You know, uh, food at the at the movie theater while you watch some new uh, Jack Ryan. I don't know. So if you're in this real estate space, just think how these a lot of this commercial real estate is going to change in the next 10 years. Right. And just if you want to make a bet against or for think about it. Now, that's a great point. That was actually what I was going to bring up as the investment opportunity. So you think about real estate space, there are often REITs. So REITs mm-hmm. are one of the biggest things where people invest in commercial properties. Um, so I would definitely say t- check out different REITs and understand. Um, and REITs pretty much mean real estate investment trust where you can buy into uh, commercial properties and see which ones are make sense to bet against in the short that we talked about last episode or bet for to gain some money. 
might, might be might be a good opportunity to jump on board soon because right, we, you got the the projected eviction rates about to jump up. Oh yeah, um, it's gonna be bad, man. Yeah, it's gonna get ugly. But you know, I guess like they say, when there's when there's blood in the water. Yeah, I'm coming yeah. with some green. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 not, not to not to make it dark, but you know, like at the end of the day, the, the, we have something that's brewing in the economy, and that's something yeah. that you know you have to. Be aware where there's an opportunity in that space if you are in that place to invest. Go beyond would, CNN, Fox News, and Twitter, people. Just get just educated a little bit further and learn what's happening in the economy. The economy is going to blow up if they keep it hot through the election. There's a reason for that, and just know what's going to happen so you can prepare yourself uh, for your finances, get them in order. And then I'd say check out the movie The Big Short. Oh, yeah. For a uh, kind of mm-hmm. theatrical view of what that looked like in 2008. Um, it's a great movie. And one that just talks about the housing crisis and how the bubble and people were betting against it. And they didn't really believe them until they started making a couple billion dollars off of it. So, yeah, there's yeah, that. There's the, there's that other Ben Affleck one, too. Right. So that one was Christian Bale. He started as the yeah. dude. Yeah. And then what was the Ben Affleck one Michael about? Burry. He started as Michael Burry. Right. Yeah. Michael yeah. Burry. What, that, what was that? So Ben Affleck one. I don't know. I know there's a couple of them. Right. So you have Wall Street. Are, those, yeah. So you have you have too big to fail. That was on HBO. Yes. That was that was that was good to me. Uh, yep. Like I like that one. Uh, margin call. Yep. Love you. I think that's it. That's Ben that's the Ben Affleck. No, Ben Ben Affleck not it. He's not in that. That was um uh Kevin Spacey's in that and okay. the guy from Star Trek. Ooh. So Ben Ben Affleck's in right. the right. boiler room. He's in the boiler room. <laughs> boiler room, yeah. Boiler room, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like cool. th- those are those are I, I think some of those movies give you a kind of perspective of what happened back in the, the last re- great recession, is what mm-hmm. it was called. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Um yep. kind of give that point. But yeah, uh 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 Big Short was classic. They did some good explanation in it. Yeah. Solid explanation. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Kind of like us at the Whiskey Hue. So, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then, uh, and I'm the guy who goes, explain that for me. Cool. Explain that for me, Clyde. <laughs> um, I'm, right. I'm the speaker for the common man. <laughs> for the common man. <laughs> So uh, the last thing I'll bring up for, you know, it's kind of the hot topics that we're going over today before we kick into the most exciting part of the episode, shit you should know, talk about this. Um, the government is going to be, in, well, they've ended the $600 unemployment boost mm-hmm. and they haven't worked on a new solution. And the reason why I bring this up is because Abdul mentioned this earlier about how the market was pretty much just being pumped up. Um, people had extra cash, probably making more. And what they were previously making by not being employed, mm-hmm. um, and the market was moving. I think the market was being um, accelerated in growth. Uh, companies who were laying off or going bankrupt, we weren't really seeing the pain in the marketplace because people were still spending or had cash. I think the savings rate uh, increased two or three fold based yeah. on uh, during the Corona time. Um, so I just want to bring that up with you guys and get your thoughts. Philosophically, that's great. Savings rate going up, right? But America, I think 60, 65% of our economies, we're a consumer based economy. So we need us spending. So they had us making more generally than the rest of the world. And they had us spending more generally than the rest of the world, right? So we need that to kind of get back on track or we change our concept and mindset about how we set up this thing. But right now, for us to succeed, we need to be out there spending again. And that's just not going to happen at the same clip for a while. 
especially with all these things falling off. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, especially, you know, people are, they're changing their lifestyle. I mean, think about a lot of people who were, you know, at least in the East Coast, going to the, leaving the suburbs, going to spend, yeah. going to the city, spending money on lunch, spending money on Starbucks, spending money on the yeah. way back, get some drinks before you go back to the house. And now you're just in the house drinking your, you know, your bottles that you have on stock already or, you know, $60, yeah. uh, yeah. which is making a big impact on the amount of money you normally would spend that. 80 to a hundred dollars at the bar for, for some watered down drinks. <laughs> yep. You sound like our parents now, man. <laughs> Am I telling to turn to the old guy in the Geico commercial? <laughs> like the Geico commercial. Oh, Say, looking over the plumber. Like, Hey, what, what, what are you using? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh man. Look, I gotta go. I gotta go. You listen to some future and a little Uzi word to get back. In. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, uh, no, I, I, well, what are we, oh yeah, the six hundred dollars, extra six hundred dollars. That's what I, I, the, they. I don't know what the government's like. They they said you know they're coming to a. They have a understanding that they're going to give another twelve hundred dollars for I guess the same parameters they had the last time. And I'm still upset I didn't get. I know. Well, right? listen, man, we got all we just own own the space, man. Listen, we all can't live in this state, man. Yeah, exactly. In the state, right? There's a reason you didn't get it. <laughs> That's what you spend on your Amazon order per week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I need it. <laughs> but no, you, I, I, like to your point, I don't know what their goal is. Like, so are they going to keep propping the economy up for the election? Um, I, I, I have no idea, but I think it's about to get ugly out here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it also speaks to, I, I was talking about this. I don't know who I was talking about this yesterday. It just speaks to the idea of how we live in a debt focused kind of economy too, right? Like how much people yep. are in debt and living their best lives. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really care about what other people do personally. Yeah, uh, I got to worry about my own finances, but I do think the government, like, the, you know, we can get into like a, what is capitalism conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, it was a high level. What is capitalism? Well, oh, for, let, there let, it goes. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting into that because I am not an economics professional, <laughs> but I will say this capitalism in a sense when people preach capitalists in the u.s capitalism is what every country decides it is right because if you don't allow companies to fail here and there then this is not a true form of capitalism yeah. right you know it's a doggy dog format of finances right but if you have monetary policy or policies that help companies out or people out this is not true capitalism this is socialism baby we talked about this but go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I think that's the whole point, and I think you got to pull back the curtain when people start saying they're capitalists. No, you pull back the curtain. What the United States does and has done for decades now is to kind of help people out. What's happened in the past, you know, what twenty? Well, let me say 20, 40, 50 years is helping out l- larger organizations. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's right and wrong. I can't say either one of them are wrong. I won't say it, either one of them are wrong. You do have to keep companies alive where they can provide jobs. You have to keep people afloat mm. at, at a point if they're if the economy gets hit with unexpected, you know, like this, the pandemic with unexpected outcomes and people are you can't have people on bread lines. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, and yeah. that's and that's and when people say you, you know, we're propping up people who are making more money. True. There are there are sectors, but then you also see the issues that some states don't even people are having received unemployment for five months, like in Florida or Kentucky, mm. just throwing out you know, some areas of the country uh, where people still haven't received unemployment. Um, they're waiting on lines for four months. There's something there 
but we do have to take care of people. And, you know, how much you take care of people, that's, that's up in the air. Like I can't make that call. Like, yeah. you know, do, do you pay more people who live in more expensive States or areas? I don't know. I like, I, I don't know how to, but if you if you can help out a corporation, then you can help out people. I've softened my stance on, I've always been a hard kind of hardcore capitalist, <laughs> but I've softened my stance on it. And I want to, I'll give a more qualified answer to future date. I did read this awesome quote on Twitter this morning. They said, real estate investing is like feudalism and stock markets like capitalism. So I want to, we'll, we'll dig into that at a future date. I want to let that linger for a little bit. I just read it. I want to dig deeper into that, but it sounds dope, right? Doesn't this, I guess the, the, the argument was feudalism. Real estate, it's not like you can build a house next door to something that's already working. And first of all, you, no other person is the pe- person who holds a lock and key called a lord, landlord, right? That's like kind of feudalism, right? Back in the day. But capitalism. Like social classes and elementary exactly, school, right? <laughs> exactly. So, but we are operating like a pure socialist economy right now. And we've talked about this in the past. And, you know, I used to crap on Bernie Sanders all day left and right, right? Because I didn't think that would work in America, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not endorsing him, but I think there might be somewhere in the fi- in that gray area between capitalism and socialism, which I lean towards capitalism. There might be some way to make it healthier for all of us to succeed. We'll see in a couple months when, uh, November yeah. comes around. I think it's 86 days. Before the election, and that's going to pretty much shape the next four years and potentially our life, the rest of our lifetime. Um, <laughs> so, oh, man. scary times, baby, scary times. I don't even know what to say to this. I, man, I don't think I we should like, say anything. Oh, man. Just, yeah. <laughs> what, make any sense. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> with that, ladies and gentlemen, this has uh, been an episode of the Whiskey Hue. Uh, our, our drink of this episode is Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof, which is, uh, it was a pleasant surprise for me specifically because I'm not a big fan of Jack Daniels. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, it's, it's just too hard for me. Um, uh, but this one is a, is, is nice. It's, it's sweet. Like I like it. Um, it has like, you know, a little oak, a little cocoa, a little peppery taste. Um, it's a nice mixture with, uh, uh, nice little ice and, gives me that little rye feeling a rye taste um so i liked it so that's what that is because i'm sitting here I was like i'm drinking it and i feel like some like tingle mm. <laughs> so it's like that peppery thing. i was just like what the hell is this <laughs> um it's <laughs> like, i don't even know how to describe you nervous it. Like, t- you got a nervous too t- nervous take two guys <laughs> hold up there might be something else going on <laughs> uh, no but i hear yeah, you but the fool's a Jack Daniels guy. No, <laughs> not at all, man. I put that. I put that. That's in your cover with the black, black Daniel, black label, whatever you drink, man. <laughs> black label. Black <laughs> black Daniel. one thing. This this one thing is um. So it's uh it's got like a okay. This is gonna sound weird as hell. It's a greasy pepper taste, greasy peppercorn taste that a sweetened greasy pepper. <laughs> I'm just I've been barbecuing a lot, right? So I'm just saying it's got that flavor to me. It's just it's oily. But uh yeah, so that's about whiskey of the day. Before we head out, I want to go through our fa- one of my favorite topics, shit you should know. Um uh, who wants to kick it off? You want me to go first? Go for it. Uh, go for it. I'll go oh, for it. I'll yeah. go for okay. it. I guess I'm ready. Uh <laughs> you should know. I want to talk Shut about um something that Thule brought up earlier around, you know, his kids are gonna be doing the virtual virtual school thing. Um and you know, I'm thinking about it as well. 
But, you know, I've been learning and reading about, about these pods. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Rich kids. <laughs> yeah, those little rich kids, little people, people like, go together and get <laughs> essentially it's, it's parents looking for private school tutoring, having your kids at home with maybe like four or five other kids. Yeah. You kind of pot together, you, you, you know, kind of circle of trust and having teachers come to your home. You pay them um, a lot more than what they would normally make as a teacher around the 30 to 40,000. You know, you give them 250 a week for a person for the five to 10 kids. And now they're at like a hundred, you know, seventy-five to a hundred thousand by being a private teacher. So um, that's just something I thought was interesting. There's a big, um, it was a big um, news article about it, um, talking about how you know separation from the haves and the haves nots. But uh, you know, those pot pot learnings is something that you know, opportunity, man. So think about it this way, right? So, and I was I was looking at this, right? Because there's some neighbors that were talking about it. <laughs> So if you're paying, I know some neighbors that pay 40, 45 K a year at second and third grade. Yeah. Right. So if you're paying that, you get five of you, that's 200 K. Let's just make it simple. That's 200 K right there. Yeah. You collectively then let's pay a teacher. I don't know, 125, 150 from one of these private schools and she'll come just teach your kids. These kids, these teachers are about to make a killing, man. Some of these cats, right? I mean, compared to what they were. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what makes it make sense because at the end of the day, you're as a parent as well. If you're working and you're working from home, you mm-hmm. probably want to try to find a, a way to keep your kids busy. You know, virtual learning is cool, but, you know. Not the same. Not the same. And they need the social interaction, man. They need the kids. They need exactly. their friends, right? Exactly. So that's why I should, you should know. Read up on I, that. I know, I know some quality teachers, people. Okay. <laughs> Hook us up, man, because we'll talk about it, man. Because, you know, they need to be in the mix, disagreeing, agreeing, debating, fighting, getting some tussles. They need that social interaction. I, but no, I, no teachers going to jump on our podcast when they got to keep their jobs, man. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah, and then I'll and then I'll bring up one more shit you should know. It's kind of lowbrow for me. Um, Dan Gilbert took oh Rocket uh, Rocket Company public uh, recently, and now he's worth you know thirty four billion or got thirty four billion more dollars. I say all that to say lowbrow because you know he's the reason why LeBron left Cleveland. Um, he's also the reason he came back, but you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's one of the world's richest men now for launching and taking uh rocket rocket companies public, uh, which is interesting to watch. That's cool. Oh, he, he's the one that founded Quicken Loans for everyone that knows he owns the whole Cavaliers team. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah. Um, all right, you going, Anthony, or should I? I'll go. I, well, mine's mine's just you know, I kind of got caught off guard with this when I looked up the ratings for the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball, the ratings are actually, for NH- for NBA, they're down like 13% year over year, like at roughly around like comparison to where hmm. the season mark is. Wow. Um, and, I thought that'd be NH- NHL, they have they get a jump, right? They got that first weekend jump. So did Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball got that, you know, that initial jump, um, which makes sense, right? Like when, as soon as the first games of the year hit and then it levels off and yeah. it's actually down. Um, and you got to look at it in the sense of even though we are in a pandemic, people are still out. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, especially being in Atlanta or Florida, right? Or, or <laughs> what in New Jersey, they have another party. Oh, South Jersey, <laughs> down in South. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it's a mansion, no, let me rent an Airbnb, a mansion on Airbnb. Yeah. We'll have a big party. Uh, but yeah, the ratings are down, which kind of caught me off guard. And, I, I think I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because it's the summertime and people are out. I don't care to watch games all day. 
but you also got to look at the game start at two. Some games start at two yeah, thirty. And games going to like nine. The last game starts at nine o'clock on average, eight thirty, nine o'clock on average. So maybe it's just games during the day. Just people are watching, or people just aren't watching because it's the summer. I think second, third round. Yeah, it's probably that. Probably that second, third round playoffs. You're gonna get the, get a pick up. People want to see what LeBron and Kawhi do, and you know it looks like Philly might be out now. Ben Simmons got hurt. That's kind of weird. So Milwaukee's just gonna float. East has always been kind of soft, man. <laughs> but I don't know. He's going to get there from the East, but he's going to get spanked by either LeBron's Lakers or Kawhi. I'm assuming. I'm already putting one of the two L.A. teams in the finals. That's going to be the championship right there. If they meet in the Western Conference final, that's the championship, right? That's what it will kind of – yeah. It's But it's crazy if, you know, I, I as you guys, as Clyde and the Thule like to talk, say on, on our pocket, I watch pretty much every sport. So – the games are actually on all the sports, all the all the leagues. They're actually very intense. The games yeah. are very intense. Even you know NBA looks. NBA feels like college, by the way. But um, NHL, you know, I watch hockey here and there. Baseball, the games are fine. It's it you. It does say a lot about the experience of having fans in the in the crowd. And no one's done a you know NBA has done a great job with at least trying to make something up. I agree. Part, they've, they've been killing that virtual. Uh, fan experience where you have the people in the in the living rooms will watch on the virtually. I liked when they show. I think last week they showed or a couple days ago showed uh, Lil Wayne and they had <laughs> Lil Wayne in the crowd. LeBron, some of the kids from the I Promise Academy at uh for LeBron School in the mm. crowd as well. Interesting. Mm. Whatever. That's all I got for you guys today. All right, all right. Close us out. I got so, a I got a book I'm recommending. So okay. I'm back home. Oh, you back read. <laughs> Daddy's got me in the room reading from two to four again. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So this is actually a good friend of ours. Dr. Shyam Bother wrote a guide to investing. And this is a good book. We talk about investing a lot here and it simplifies it. An investor's guide to building wealth. I wish I could show it to you on the screen. Cause you know, um, for some reason, um, my camera's not working great guide to investing in stocks, bonds, ETFs, and mutual funds. We talk about this all the time. He just, he was, Really dear friend of my dad's, his, uh, and his wife in the, in the inside cover, he dedicated it to his wife. Uh, and Bahadur Auntie, she was always sweet to us, taught my mom how to make tostadas back in the day. And <laughs> we just lost it this year, actually. She just passed away. So I want to dedicate this to them. It's a great book, great read. You can find it on Amazon and uh, beautiful. It's so simply put together, nice graphs and everything. So it's an easy read. Say the name nice. of the book again. A guide to Investing, An Investor's Guide to Building Wealth. Guide to Investing by Dr. Shyam Bahadur. B-A-H-A-D-U-R. Awesome. I think he got his PhD up in Michigan. Clyde, he's one of your cats. He was a big dude at the University of Iowa. He was a professor for like 40, 45 years. Nice. Go big. Middle, no, no, middle of nowhere right there. Yeah. Well, this has been a good episode, fellas. Uh, another episode of the Whiskey Hue. Thank you for listening. Uh, we enjoyed you. Make sure you go to thewhiskeyhue.com. Rate us on all platforms. Uh, share it. Tell, tell a friend about the show. Tell a friend. All right. Thank you. Peace.